And we're back for another episode of the Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. We finally got Tyler back again. Kyle's here as always, because since we tagged him into the podcast, he doesn't miss a week. Um, no days off. No days off in this world. Tyler, what's going on? Not much, boys. Good to be back. I mean, I think I've only missed one episode, to be honest. But we'll leave it at that. We're going to bring the energy today. How's that? Yeah. We're going to stir some stuff up today. Yeah, you've been you've been itching. You've oh, been itching I'm always to argue itching. some stuff. I know. I feel like you had to get the fix in at this one. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Let's do it. All right, boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wire. It's the wire. D. Griffin. Griffin. This the wire. Serving up a hot take. Around the league, serving gems like a hot plate. Who's the flex? First pick. Rounds four to eight. Trading with the base. That's Superman. We need a cape. This that fantasy. See who get the glory. Who's gonna stay up in their lane talking Tory? Who gonna ride up on the train where the hype at? Yeah, you wanna start them, but matches, you might not like that. Three tutties next week. Many's double covered. Takes on a hundred coming out the oven. Tim and Todd, they the guys, know you gotta love them. Take your pick, do it quick, they on fire. The wire. Alright, so this week, we're gonna jump into a fun little topic that we've been arguing and debating for the last probably two weeks i think it is since now. the nfl draft yeah fair um we're gonna jump into kyle pitts the hype around him at this point is astronomical he's the world's greatest tight end instant tight end one this year as a rookie the the world's falling save he's he's the next achilles he's gonna everything anything that you could possibly think of the next kyle achilles. pitts is yeah, absolutely. It, it, Kyle Pitts is the dream prototypical Matt Madden player that you build at your fucking career guy. I mean, he's all ninety nines <laughs> everywhere. I mean, the hype is out out of this world. Listen, and okay. I think it's time that it needs to be tempered. Okay, so I just really quick, I'm not. I'm gonna let Kyle go first, but I just want to. If I was to create a tight end on Madden, it would be Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I was gonna say 6'6", like, a 4-4-40. Where, where is he wrong? You know? <laughs> what where where did we miss any traits in Madden? But um Kyle, I'm gonna let you take the lead on this debate. Yeah, so as Tyler rattled off a bunch of, you know, extra titles and whatnot, I prefer to call him a unicorn. And he's a unicorn in the sense that it's one of those kind of players that's kind of hard to find. It's kind of a, a once-in-a-generational type profile, we'll say. So we'll start with the build. Six foot six, 245 pounds. Ideal height, good size for a tight end. On top of that, the average NFL defensive back, five foot 11, 193 pounds. So if you're talking about lining up against DBs, he's already going to win those contested catches, box out players, whatever he has to do in order to make a catch. So you say, okay, put up a safety on him. That that seems like a reasonable thing to do. He runs a 4-4-240. Average NFL safety runs a 4-5-4. So he's already running past safeties. So now you already got a matchup nightmare. Whether you line him up outside against the corner, he's obviously not lining up against linebackers, and he's gonna have a hard gonna be a hard time for safeties. So we'll go from there. 
98th percentile speed score according to player profiler. 85th percentile catch radius. All time marks. His pro comp, of course, Noah Fant, Darren Waller. We've talked about it before. A lot of people give him the Darren Waller comp, so very appropriate. Let's go about into his stats from college last year. Be my guest. Come on. 17.9 yards per catch. Pretty damn good when you only have Kadarius Tony on the other, as far as weapons go for Florida, to worry about. 14.2% target share. Pretty good. 64.2% catch rate. It's also pretty good. 12 touchdowns and a 24.1% college dominator rating. Now, for the listeners who don't know what college dominator rating is. I don't know is, what that fucking means either. <laughs> for Tim, who doesn't know what college dominator Wait, we rating is. We get these is, dominator and breakout age. What the, I don't, listen, what the fuck is this? I'm, I'm going to learn you some shit today, okay? We're, we're, we're here. We're going to educate. You know, Tyler's in school. Class is in session. We're here for it. So a college dominator rating is basically a rating that's given to any player that and it's the percentage of the their contribution to the team's total offense in terms of yards and touchdowns. So in Kyle Pitt's case, he accounted for 24% of all of Florida's offense output last year. So one player, a quarter of their offense. Pretty damn good. So that's my immediate four. I don't know if you want to go into your, your cons or anything like that, but that's just right off the bat. Let me rattle some stuff off to you. So let me break it down for the listeners really quick, just because I think we jumped into it without explaining it. Tyler thinks that now he even put some money on the line in our in our home league. He wouldn't do a first round pick, which I think yeah, is he wouldn't shitty, put a but... pick on the board, which is fine. But he bet a hundred bucks that Kyle Pitts would have under seven hundred yards, thousand. Under a thousand yards, but your projections were what under seven hundred. You said what six fifty? Yeah. So you had him about six hundred and fifty yards and about six touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Now that I'm just breaking it down, and then there's people in the league, including myself and Kyle, who think that he should have over a thousand yards. Um. So that's kind of the the. Fruition of this six, discussion. It's six, laughable. Six fifty feels egregious. No, six fifty feels egregious. No, it really so doesn't. Let me ask you something. Would it have been? Would you have laughed in my face if I told you Justin Jefferson had thirteen hundred yards last year? Yeah. You think he's Justin Jefferson though? So you think he's in on. the situation that Justin Jefferson is? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, we'll the, the, but yeah, the um the other thing is. Lamar's rookie year, would you have laughed at me if I told you he was going to put up the numbers he did? These things do happen when you have certain special athletes, is my point. But I'm going to let, I'm going to let you go back at Kyle on his college dominator. No, I want to hear your take, too. Let's get it all out on the table. Come on. In my opinion, I have him over 1,000 yards. How? I, how, you how he's going he's gonna to catch passes for... Good amounts of yardage, which at the end of the season will total more than one thousand. So you, let me ask you this: You think uh, out of the gate he's just going to come out flying? Hundred yard games, touchdowns. He doesn't need hundred yard games. You need to average fifty eight yards a game sure. in order to have a thousand yard season. And you think he's going to consistently do that? He's going to have. He doesn't have to consistently do it. He can have a hundred and fifty yard game and then a thirty yard game, and he still have ninety and uh, eighty five yards a game. Those things do happen from for every position. Sure. And especially in an offense like Atlanta, which can have games where Matt Ryan throws for 500 yards or 200. 
So it, it, it can happen. I, in my opinion, I do think it will happen. Um, my reason being is he's not a traditional tight end. He's not a, he's not going to stick his hand in the dirt. They're going to put him out wide a little bit more. Um, you know, use him in different ways, get him in space because he's such a good athlete. The way that, you know, the Patriots were able to get Gronk in space, the way that, um, Evan Ingram gets in space the same way that um, Darren Waller gets in space as well. So I do think he's going to be out wide a little bit more than a traditional tight end. I do think that Hayden Hurst still has a pretty good role next year. And I think he's going to have over a thousand yards and Hurst is going to have a role. Yes. Hurst isn't going to sit on the bench. The reason I say that is because I don't think Olamade Zacchaeus and Russell Gage are going to be commanding 8 to 12 targets a game with Pitts and Ridley on the field. I mean, Gage did last year. Yes, because Julio missed over half the season. He played, he, played ni- okay. he played in nine games and two of them he left in the first quarter. Okay. So he played seven full games in 2021. Uh, last year. Whatever. I don't know what last year. 20, would be called. Okay, yeah. 2020. He played in seven full games, nine total games. Realistically, if you look at the way that Gage and Zacchaeus produced, it was when Julio wasn't on the field. Now, you're taking Julio off that offense, and you're putting Kyle Pitts in. I'm not saying he's Julio Jones. I can see you fucking smirking at me, and I want to fucking you are, though, but throw you are. this coffee milk in your face. But By the numbers you're giving me, he is Julio Jones. Uh, Measurable-wise, pretty much there. Yeah, he's... I think we it, all know the measurables mean nothing. Yes, of course they do. Because, because if you want to if, go by if that, so, then Doriel Green Beckham is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Should have been phenomenal last no, year. No, but so. Dor- but players yeah. like Doriel Green yes. Beckham who are who are because mm-hmm. DK broke the mold. It, Calvin Ridley, DK broke the mold. I'm um, not Calvin Ridley. Calvin Johnson and DK broke the mold of those six five four three forty guys who are actually be able to produce the NFL level. We've seen how many of those guys, some of them have been busts. Most of them have been busts. <clears throat> yes, but there's also not many of them um, sure. because those guys don't grow on trees. But in my opinion, I, I, I think he's going to produce at the NFL level right away, especially because of the vacated targets from Julio and Matt Ryan's ability to throw the ball. And for those listening, just for reference. And a shitty run game. Um, the... The Julio targets that are being vacated. So he had 68 targets over nine games, which is 120 target pace. If we were to play the game of, let's take out the two games he barely played, so 20% snap share. Now you're talking about 140 target pace. Let's stick with 120. Oh, you already have your numbers, though. Go yeah, ahead. I got my numbers down. Um, so that, you know, 120 targets, 140 targets. You know what? We'll split the difference and say 130 yeah, that, targets. That's fair. Um, and also for reference, Matt Ryan passed for almost 4,600 yards last year. That was fifth in the league. And then was 15th in passing touchdowns with 26. So even if you believe um, that Arthur Smith will have, let's just say he brings over the Tennessee offense one-to-one carbon copy. If we were to take Ryan Tannehill's numbers, I think he had either 32 or 3,800 yards passing and then 20-some-odd touchdowns. I think he was in the top five touchdowns, passing touchdowns. So. I just wanted to put that out there for the listeners in terms of when we're talking about Julio's vacated targets, let's quantify that. That's where we stand. Where do you want me to start? 
Well, I know the big argument for you, and it's no, a good no, argument. No, no we're, how about this? Just gonna, let him. Just go. I don't. I don't need to direct your argument. We're gonna, we're gonna pick your argument apart. That, that's why I wanted to let okay. you guys get your. So for before it. I start, go ahead. Put your numbers of what you what you're projecting him for next year. All right. So I gave a low end and a high end. So we'll say I think he gets somewhere between seventy to eighty catches, eight hundred to eleven hundred yards, and then somewhere between five and seven touchdowns. That's my Those are, conservative. So- too aggressive. You, we, I'm gonna help Tyler out here. That's way too broad. You gave it between 400 yards, between 700 and between 700 and 1100, 800 and 1100, 300 is very broad. That's okay. It, That's my so. W- w- my thing is he could be tight end five or he could be tight end one. No, no. So <laughs> the reason I say that is we let's project as if everybody plays the 17 games, right? Because sure. we're not gonna say well he's gonna miss two weeks because. We can do that with everybody. The McCaffreys, the Derrick Henrys, the Barclays, Absolutely. right? So let to 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 say like injury aside, no, everything's injury aside. It's the offseason, right? We don't know who's gonna get hurt, who's not. Right. He could fucking hurt he could sprain his ankle week one and just be junk all season long, right? Or he could not miss a down the entire season. But let's go with that right there. Sure. Everybody's healthy. Injuries are off in the NFL this season, right? Nice. Because I think that's that's the fair way to kind of project it. Sure. Because you know, in things like this, if somebody, you know, tears their ACL in week eight, you know, it's you have to let the bet go unless you said, well, he's not going to stay healthy all season long. But right. we're not arguing his health. All right. So with that in mind, I'll he's say he's playing 17, playing 17. I'll give him the 80 catches for, we'll say, 950 to 1000 and six touchdowns. Fair. Those That's are your numbers. numbers. That's my numbers. Okay. Now, this should be fun. You have the floor. So, this whole thing really started with, I, I forget who it actually was that started this conversation, but it was started in the league chat. Someone said that they thought that Kyle Pitts could be the tight end one this year, which I think is absolutely insane. I don't see any chance that he could be tight end, the tight end one this year. With guys like Kelsey, Kittle, like, like the, the, we go down that list. Yeah, Waller, we're projecting like, no injuries. Right. There's just... No chance that I see him, I say not even in the top five. I have him probably finishing at seven, and that's phenomenal as a rookie season. To come in as tight end seven, I think would be a great year for him. And I'm not even that far off from tight end five. By the I, way, I tight end seven is going to be like Tyler Higby. No. Could yeah, go down the list. Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson, Andrews, and then, who am I missing in there? Then you're talking about Fant, Goddard. Gronk, Higby, yeah, Hunter Henry. So, is, he, so, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, to me, it, I so have Tyler Higby as the tight end eight next year. So it's like one of those things that that's that's where you're projecting him. I'm just putting that right. out there. I, I, I have him right right about in that range. I, could the tight end five? seven last year was Mike Gesicki. Sure. That, and what did Gesicki end with? Probably about 700 yards, five touchdowns, something like that. 53, 705, and six. So pretty much the numbers that I... In in 15 games. Sure. So, right there, that's what started that argument. I think he's uh, outside the top five. I don't see how he cracks out of those top five guys. Um, There's an an outside chance, maybe, but I'm going to go on the conservative route on this one, and I'm saying he's outside the top five. That's me. You think differently? You want to put him in the top five? You want to put him in the top three? Be my guest. I, I, I can't see how you can justify that, but that's fine. 
So give us some some meat to your to oh, your no, sandwich. No, 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 no. I'm gonna slowly get, break this down. Okay. Slow marinade. Yeah. Yeah. So next, your argument that they're gonna bring Arthur Smith's offense over Carbon Copy will never happen. I don't believe that. That's why. That's why I said that's absolute worst case scenario, and that's what I keep trying to tell people, and people don't want to seem to listen. That's an absolute worst case. But you're scenario. using that as a comp, so you can't say that's worst case scenario. If you're gonna say he's I'm gonna s- get all these touchdowns and all this efficiency because of the offense, but it's not going to be the same offense. The argument doesn't So, for those itself. who don't know, that's that's Tennessee's offense from last year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, the comp- Mike Davis is not Derek. Derek. No, no, the only reason the comp comes over is because the coach transitions over. So, I'm not saying that it's going to be that exact mold. I also gave I you don't that- think that offense is going to look anything remotely like the Tennessee offense. It's not built for that. They what? don't have the line. They don't have the running back to run Running off the thing like with that. that though is that goes into my favor for Kyle Pitts because no, that means you're going to pass more. And Matt Ryan already passed for 4,600 yards last year. Sure. So, okay, now we're going to go into that. So you think he's going to end up with 140 to 130 targets? No, I'm saying Julio vacated 140 targets, but I think he could end up realistically. Julio didn't vacate 140 targets. Okay, Julio vacated, vacated 90 targets in nine games. In nine, in nine games. games. Right. So you okay pull that but, over. A so full. now. So with you saying that, that means you think either all the rest of the guys on that team are going to do nothing, or Ridley is going to take a huge step back. No, that's with Ridley being on the field and him getting his. My thing is... So you think that both of them are going to get 130, 140 targets? If they're not running a... Are you saying between him and Ridley? Him and Ridley? Are both going to get those 130, 140 targets? Yeah. No fucking way. Why? It just doesn't happen. There's always been a dominant receiver there. It's just how they vote. Ryan always like Julio Jones has always been there. Okay, and so's Ridley for the last three years and the two years before he this was year, always the, he was always the Robin. You don't think that the, you don't think that Pitt in a rookie year is going to play the Robin? You think he's just going to come in and be in one A to his one B? Like so, do you want to take the Robin numbers of one hundred and forty three, one hundred and one hundred targets in the last two years? If he ends up with a hundred targets, I think that's. An outstanding year, but I don't think he reaches that. That's about, uh, I have him at 100, 110 targets. And then you have guys, you're competing with Olamid Zacchaeus. You just said 100 is realistic. I said that's a phenomenal year if he ends up with 100. Okay, but why? Let's let's give us the why. Why? Just because it's... Okay, what else did you have? You had targets, you had... What was your other argument there? The offense, just the 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 athletic profile. So the athletic profile thing to me uh, doesn't really mean much. Yes, he's a physical freak. He'll win those jump ball catches. Absolutely. Yeah. He'll probably be used in the red zone. No arguments there. But in the middle of the field, it means nothing. So the, the, the one thing I will give you, and it's, it is a valid argument, is the fact that it hasn't really happened before. I haven't even got to that point yet. I'm just talking about the breaking down your... your, your um, your argument right now. Okay. And he's a physical freak. Great. But everybody in the league is a physical freak. And the fact that, you, okay, he's 6'6", six, six, he runs a 4'4", four, four, which is a bullshit number because it was fucking, com- it wasn't combine time, so right. you can probably, he probably runs a 4'6", realistically. That's, that's tough. That's what we said about every other prospect coming in that, okay. that these, that these pro days times really weren't real. They're, is that a lie? No, they're probably inflated, but I think realistically, I'll split the difference with you, and he's running at least a 4-5. Okay, we're talking about, you're saying acting like a 4-6 is slow, and it's not. Not at all. I'm not saying it is, but I don't, I think there's a big gap between a 4-4 and a 4-6. It's, 
a split second. We're I don't talking, disagree, but what we're talking it's about... It's also the difference of a guy making the NFL and not making the NFL. Right. Not at the tight end position, it's not. Yeah, it does. A guy of lesser talent... Over, if you tell me a guy's 6'6", 245, and he runs a 4-240, he's going to the NFL no matter if he's played it down a football or not. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Now, if he runs a 4 six, five, uh, But Pitts is talented enough yeah. where... So even if he runs a four so, six, he's still dominant. Absolutely. Everybody, every, we can also question the fucking combine numbers, but yeah. But the that, I don't want to go down combine build, stuff. The athletic ability thing means nothing to me because <clears throat> defenses scheme players all the time. You're saying the safety's going to do that, but they're never going to put him one on one on on a safety or one on one on a corner. Like that's just not going to happen. He's going to get bracketed. So he's going to get bracketed. Calvin Ridley's going to get bracketed as well. No, I'm not saying that they both can get bracketed all the time, but the defense is going to shift. Depending on the situation, depending on, like, he's not just going to sit there and one-on-one coverage the entire game. It's just not realistic to say. Okay. No. No. No, I wouldn't say that either. I don't think that, um, I don't, yeah, I don't expect Pitts to get one-on-one coverage every week, every, you know, all downs. No. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that either. Because you could easily, if you really wanted to, you really could double him and Ridley all game long, and it really wouldn't be that big of a deal. Because Russell Gage isn't that good? Yeah. Okay. I just want to establish that. I'm not going to... Please, let's not go no. down the Russell Gage rabbit. Because remember, I also agree with you that Russell Gage was a, was a very good fantasy asset last year. Yeah. We said it preseason. I don't want to go down the Russell Gage rabbit hole because... Russell Gage is just going to be a guy of opportunity. That's yeah. all it is. But let's move on. Let's move back to Kyle Pitts. So, his athletic ability, great. It doesn't make me think that he's going to be the world-breaking tight end. Because you can easily scheme him if he starts playing like that. Okay. That doesn't mean nothing to me. So now we're going to get into the history. Let's do it. In the last what? So here's the, okay, how's it this? Since 1961, we haven't had a rookie tight end reach 1,000 yards. 1961. Mm-hmm. The next mm-hmm. closest was Jeremy Shockey in 2002 with 800 and, 894 yards. No one's come close in the last decade. Evan Ingram was the closest with 722 yards yep. in 2017. It's just not realistic. The history is not there. This, the tight end position is the hardest position to learn. And it's not even outside of quarterback. It is the hardest position to learn because you're not only learning your route trees and your schemes and your timing. You also have to learn blocking you have to learn line assignments you have to learn shifts you need audibles you there's like miles and miles of things that you need to learn along with that tim you have a counter yeah i just i i wanted to go next i was just letting kyle know yeah so my thing is you don't take a player at four unless you're going to use him almost every snap right no one's saying that no no no, no, no. hold on let me let me go i, I let you go i didn't sure. i didn't cut you off they're going to use him almost every he's going to be on the field so even if he can't pick up the blocking assignments or all those natural rules of thumb for tight ends that have to be picked up at the NFL level. Cause I do agree with you. There is a harder learning curve because DK Metcalf didn't have to learn how to block, you know, what his assignments were inside, outside, going to the next level, et cetera, et cetera. Right. He, he didn't also didn't have any. a 31 year old guy. That's just big muscle head, like Lee Smith behind him or whatever. Sure. He didn't have all these type of situations or bring in another O, o- lineman. Cause it's third and short and you just know at the yards, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't have to put his hand in the dirt and be a tight end. No, he's he not. He's not a traditional NFL tight end. He doesn't have to be because he has the him. speed. So that that's my thing is 
even if he's not lined up as a tight end, you can line him up out wide and he can play a, a traditional wide receiver role and then come and put his hand in the dirt here and there like Waller does. Absolutely. Right? right. So Waller ideally was pretty much a, a rookie for the most part when he burst onto the scene. Remember, he, when he when he was in and out of the NFL and all those situations, that was because of his drug issues when he was in Baltimore. That was, it, was, it was not because he couldn't pick it up. Because John Harbaugh did an interview his rookie year and said, if he didn't have, if if we can get him a hundred percent on the field, he's unstoppable. Right, coming out of what was it, Virginia Tech, uh, Georgia Tech. Yep. So Waller, when he bursts onto the scene, yeah, I know he's what twenty six years old, but he 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 came out of the, you know the back back of CVS putting needles in his arm and taking pills, and he burst onto the scene and had a thousand yards. So, and he, that's his best comp, 6'6", six, six, whatever. He had 1,200 yards last year. The difference with that is there's absolutely nobody around him to contest heat for comp for targets with him. There, there and, was, though. I mean, no, there, there there, they were who, getting... Who, who? Who was there that was notable enough that... Aguilar, Renfro, oh, yeah. Ruggs, they were getting targets. You? Yeah. Well, they also... They, they, here's my thing, though. They don't have the same passing volume as Atlanta does. Atlanta has the fourth highest passing volume over the last three years. Absolutely. Um, I have no arguments there. And, 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 and remember, saying- so here's the big thing. Here, here's my argument here. There's 17 games now. All of these numbers are going to... We're going to have 15 records broken next year. Sure. Or they're just going to start a new record book because it's but a whole other week in the game. It's good for everybody. It doesn't mean... So great. So it's good for all... But, the, but when you're projecting someone and arguing if they're going to be a thousand-yard receiver, an extra game helps them. Right, because there was a difference between twenty more players becoming a thousand yard receiver if they kept their pace from last year. Twenty more receivers, and if I would have told you some of those names on your on that list, you would laugh at me. Probably not. Some, Probably not. Are you? I'm I'm gonna pull them up while while you go, and but I want to see. I want to hear your reason why not. Not just breaking down what we're saying. Give us your your mindset. Why Why is Pitts not going to be a thousand? Why is he only getting 650 yards next year? Tell us why. Not breaking our uh, us down. Give us your facts. It's not. It's not a facts thing. It's just knowing the game of football. It's really what it comes down to. It's not that. So because because Evan Ingram didn't do it in no, 2008. Because, because it, traditionally, how long does 13? What whatever year that was. It doesn't even matter. Um, you come into the. It's like going from freshman football to JV football. There's always a learning curve. There's always time you got to adjust. There's always a natural progression that you have to take. And that's the same for the NFL. I don't care how dominant you are. The linebackers are faster. They're going to hit harder. They're going like, to angle better. They're going to scheme you better. There's, there's a hundred million things that are going to happen where unless he comes out firing and he is the greatest tight end ever to play the game, which is really early, way too early to say. And again, I'm not... I don't think Kyle Pitts is a joke. I don't think he's junk. I think he's probably the best prospect in the draft. I have no arguments there. I just don't think in, in his year one that he's going to come out and be this outstanding presence and he's going to be this completely dominant because there's just nothing there that says that, that he can be. It's it's great. Yeah, he dominated in college, but you probably could have went out there and caught passes at, at tight end against some of the linebackers in coverage in college. Like, how, how great... Kyle, Tight, blah, blah, blah. Linebackers in the NFL have troubles covering against tight ends his size. What do you think? What That's do you good think news. he's going to do? Yeah. 
But what do you think he's going to do against college uh, linebackers? Yeah, I mean... I it's going to be so much worse at that point. The biggest thing I think... it Because you, you're right as far as like the rookie transition to the NFL. Obviously, we saw that last year, especially when it comes down to like some of the running backs that we were really high on having slow starts. You know, CEH kind of had a slow start. Cam Akers kind of had a slow start. JT had a slow start. And most rookies do. Yeah, and most rookies do, and that's fair. Um, I think last year... COVID obviously played a big part in it where they couldn't be on the field as much. So that doesn't help in terms of trying to learn a new scheme and a new offense. It seems to me, at least this year, that we're gonna, that's not going to be as much of an issue anymore. They're getting a lot more on field time than they did last year. So I think that'll definitely help Kyle Pitts' development. I think he's going to be asked to do less in terms of learning the actual block because you're absolutely right. Believe it or not, I actually think he's a bit of a better blocker than Darren Waller is because Darren Waller is actually garbage in terms of blocking. But Kyle Pitts will at least try. Horrific. Yeah, Waller's terrible, but Kyle Pitts will at least try. He just doesn't have the the perfect technique in order to really move people. Um, but I think that's also kind of why you keep Hayden Hurst on your offense so that way he can take more of a inline blocking role and let Kyle Pitts play outside a little bit more and not have his hand in the ground like Tim was saying before. And that's fine. And I'm sure he's going to play plenty outside wide. But, again, he still has to go through that progression. And the fact that we're, that he can't be on the field for all three downs, or he has to shift his position, like, that's going to take away from him at some point. It's not, he's not going to be the, like, like, realistically, what is, at your 130 tar- targets a game, what does that break down to in 17 games? What's that a game? Like that's a stupid number to me. Probably seven point six. So seven tar- seven catches a game. But no, it's no, seven you're targets. targets or catches? That's seven targets. targets a game. Seven targets a game. That's easily doable. The elite of the elite wide receivers are barely getting that. When you think, like I think of Justin Jefferson being a good example in terms of like what a rookie can do year one. That's the absolute ceiling, and I. In a 17-game season, Marvin Jones would have had 130 targets last year. Okay. Marvin Jones was the wide receiver one on that team last year. Just just saying. That doesn't surprise me. I, I think it's important for the listeners to know, too, at, you know, at least from a, a dynasty perspective, he's absolutely, I think, top three, maybe four, in terms of tight ends and what you want to keep on your team well that's a whole that's a whole nother conversation because because when we had this conversation originally i said this year he's outside the top five next year probably in the top five and then in three years uh we lost probably in the conversation for tight end one yeah and i'm not disagreeing with you i'm kind of setting the stage for that a little bit in terms of tim i think long term he absolutely holds his value i don't think any of us disagree as far as that goes this is more so year one on what you thought you're a little bit more conservative in terms of what you're expecting we're a little bit more bullish in terms of what that? we're expecting. Um, yeah, I mean, re- really, the, for the just of the whole conversation, to, okay, what side do you this really episode was kind of the, the difference of, such a high pick you know, I think Kyle Pitts, was projecting Logan Thomas. Him, is, I, I mean, Kyle Pitts to have the right volume now, Logan Thomas had last year in Washington and being a better athlete, you know, so 110, 120 (laughs) targets or so, um, you know, 75 catches and just producing more yards and being a better athlete in space and, you know, deeper, better routes rather than just being a check down option. 
or Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen. Uh, he'll have Matt Ryan throwing the ball. And then, you know, the thing is with my thing with Tyler's point is, yeah, I understand he's a tight end, you know, historically tight ends haven't had the same success wide receivers have in the rookie year of their career. But I think if you, once you break it down with adding a game, um, adding the volume that is going to be there in that offense, because you know, game script is depend, uh, important where, you know, Atlanta's going to be losing a lot of their games. They have to play Tampa Bay twice. They're going to be in games with New Orleans twice. They're going to be in games with Carolina twice. These are good football teams, you know, so it's not like, you know, they're going to be up, you know, 14, 21 at halftime, and they're going to be kind of game management. They're going to be the team that's down 10, 14, 17 points at most games. And I think that volume and that game script is going to bump him up more than a normal tight end does. Because you don't typically see you, – you, you've never seen a tight end taken this early before uh, in, in the history of the NFL. So when you're breaking it down, well, tight end's never done this. Well, tight end's never been taken this high. Uh, they're taking him as – they thought he was the best player in the NFL draft at that point. You know, behind the three selections before that, they had other needs. And I don't think tight end was really one of them, but – they view him as such a high prospect. They're going to use him, and he's not going to just stick his hand in the dirt and be a traditional tight end. He's going to be, you know, out, outside in three wide receiver sets. He's going to be using the slot. He's going to be used to create matchup problems, maybe line him up at fullback and get him out in space and, and drag routes and screens and all these different things that you don't see guys like, you know, Kyle Rudolph and traditional tight ends, you know, normally get um and it, the big thing is adding another game it, 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 a thousand yards is a milestone when you break it down can he have 58 yards a game that's achievable when you really think of it yeah he'll have a game where he has 15 yards and two catches because you just got shut down or who knows right but it, they're very well maybe a game where he has 130 140 yards and it just brings his average up and he averages that 58 yards yeah, it's interesting because um, before you had mentioned the Logan Thomas kind of comparison, I never really thought of it that way, but it makes a lot of sense in in terms of a of real volume perspective because when you look at the Washington football team, who was really a, a threat besides Terry McLaurin and J.D. McKissick from a receiving perspective because they weren't really using Gibson in that way. Hopefully they use him this year in that way, and maybe we can talk about that in a future episode. but. Um, you know, it, it's kind of similar in the sense that Logan Thomas really became a receiving threat, just wasn't the athlete that Kyle Pitts is. Um, so by nature, I of course expect Kyle Pitts to do more than what Logan Thomas did with the same number of targets, the same kind of volume. Um, and to your point, Tim, like we were saying with the, the draft capital and just the raw prospect that is Kyle Pitts, to me, he's a unicorn. Uh, he's I think it would not be a crazy thing to kind of have the conversation halfway through the year if he ends up needing a, a position designation switch between receiving receiver and tight end. Um, I could see that conversation starting to happen halfway through the year where people who don't have Kyle Pitts, especially in like tight end premium leagues, 
will start to get upset because he's not playing tight end. He's playing so much receiver. Um, that'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. But that's, I think, where I end up being so bullish on Pitts is I think he's going to end up whiting up, uh, lining up out wide a lot this year. I think they take a ton of plays from Vegas and use him the same way that they use Waller. Because, I mean, he's a, he's a spinning image as an athlete of Waller. So, you know, use the same plays, get him in the same space, have him run the same routes. It's not like he's just an athlete. He's a good football player, too. So, you know, it, I, I break it down as, you know, McLaurin and um, Calvin Ridley are going to get roughly the same usage, right? They're the, t- the wide receiver one. There's probably going to be a little bit more volume for Ridley because they throw the ball more in Atlanta than they do Washington. More well, you, you have that you have that alpha in the offense, right? And then who's the number? Who else is going to really get the targets in Atlanta? You think Russell Gage is worthy of 115 targets? Do you think uh, Olamide Zacchaeus is going to get 80 targets? Do you think you know Mike Davis is going to get 80 catches? He doesn't have to have 80 catches, and that's exactly the numbers that they put up last year. So to say that they won't seems foolish to say that they can't. And but again, remember, we're using this he doesn't get hurt debate. He's playing 17 games. We can't project injury, right? So No, but you can't project a slow so start. If you you can't project. If Julio played all, 17, all 16 games last year, what is Gage's real numbers? doesn't matter. You can't. That's what the numbers were. You can't. What if? What if that doesn't make a difference at all? It's not. We're not. Pitts and Julio are not the same player. They're not gonna. They're not gonna play the same. They're not gonna the same. Completely different style of play. Everything about them is different. So to say that he's a carbon copy and just gonna step into Julio's role and get Julio numbers. No, he's gonna get his usage. It's different. No, he's not. I think he will. Pitts is not gonna come in and be the alpha receiver on that team. Never he's gonna not. happen. Calvin Ridley like, will be. Okay then. So how can you say he's gonna get Julio usage, but? Have be not be the alpha at that point. If he's getting Julio usage, he would be the alpha. I think because the the passing volume has just been so high, they could almost both be out. Obviously, you only have one true alpha, but in that kind of volume offense and the amount of you know passing they're going to have to do, could support both. Um, but again, I, I don't. I'm not saying that. Pitts isn't going to be useful, but I think everybody's expectations of him is way too high. You, the numbers that, that, every, that everybody's putting out right now puts him in in tight end three, two, three range. And it's compared not, to last year with one less game, add another game worth of usage for every other tight end. And he's, he's not still tight end, in the, tight end six. No, you know, he, and that's about where be, we all have him. He would still be in tight end, tight end three or four at that point. I think this is kind of the important part for for listeners to kind of take note of because they're, you know, Kyle Pitts is one of those that is kind of hotly debated between people that are really high on him and then people that are skeptical on him. If you're willing to pay the price that you have to pay right now for Kyle Pitts, you kind of have to look at both sides of the argument because there is the, you know, a, a fairly solid argument in terms of history and having to be patient. Um, but the, the path is there for him. So it's, it really just depends on what side of it you want to buy into. But I will say if you do buy into it, that he's going to pan out, your odds are you may have to be patient. 
Yeah, and, with, and with Kittle coming back, you know, we, we missed one of the alpha tight ends in the game, right? So you have Kelsey, you have Waller, you have Kittle. Those are pretty much locked in top three tight ends, all going to be over a thousand yards, all going to have over six touchdowns, probably in the 10 to 12 range. You know, Kelsey's going to get his hundred catches. Waller's going to be around 90, 95 catches. And then after that, you know, now we're talking about him being that after that was Tunyon, Logan Thomas, Hawkinson, Andrews, Mike Gesicki, and Hayden Hurst and Gronk as a tight end nine. Having ranking him as a tight end five, tight end four coming into next year, I don't think is insane. Having him as the next guy behind Kelsey Waller and Kittle, the, I'm a hundred percent confident in putting him there. The problem is you're expecting him to come out and be these guys right out of the box and even these guys he's a better player than Logan Thomas and Mike Gesicki and he's in a better offense more volume more passing work he's still got to develop just like everybody else though yeah I I think both can be right at the same time though because even if you look at guys like Jonathan Taylor Cam Akers you know a lot of the rookie backs for example they all started off slow because they were rookies but by season to end they all finished really, you know, pretty high. And in the tight end landscape, it wouldn't necessarily be that hard to accomplish that by season's end. Um, yeah, di- that's, that's why the I difference say- there is that the running back position is the easiest to translate over from college to, to the NFL. Right, but I guess that's kind of where the, the, the fundamental disagreement kind of comes in because I'm basing my, a lot of my argument on the fact that I don't think he's going to play that much tight end. I don't think they're going to ask him to do a ton at the time. He's going to be on the field running routes. Right. So you're basically both saying that he's going to be a wide receiver. He's not. A no, I, I, he's going to be on the field. He's, that, that's the thing. He's going to be on the field almost every play. They're not going to take him off the field. If it's a run play, he can be the backside tight end. If it's a pass play, you can put him out wide against a corner and it's a, in a size matchup. If it's in the red zone, he's bigger and stronger than linebackers and safeties. He's faster than most corners based off his 40 time, right? He, he ran a faster 40 time than Stefan Gilmore did in, at, at the combine. So it, it, we're talking about, you know, when you, you don't draft somebody at four and then he sits behind Hayden Hurst for a year. That's not what happens. Hayden Hurst is going to go back to he's, He still has to earn targets. He just doesn't walk on the field and get targets. Like, it, that's just not how – and the football works or the NFL works. You have to come out and you have to earn it. You have to prove that you can be a that team that's going to throw about 670 times next year. You could throw a million times. You still have to earn the target. Well, he earned, yeah. His draft capital is going to earn it. Cause I don't think Christian Blake, Brandon Powell, Olamide Zacchaeus are going to come up and take any of those targets away. Even if he just gets the nine, the nine, it, if you project, you know, let's say 85, 90 targets, he's still about 55, 60 catches. I still don't see it being insane saying he's going to average about 15 yards a catch. Okay. Then we'll agree to disagree. Absolutely. Because there's never a chance that you'll get me to buy into that narrative. That's okay. Historically, you've been against rookies, though. So, I mean, that doesn't – you're on brand. This is very on brand for you. Yeah, he, it's okay. He, and you've admitted before, Tyler, that you're a prove it to me and I'll believe it type fantasy owner, right? So you you always like the guys who you've seen 
success from, you've seen consistency from, and those are the guys you typically buy into. And I think that's fair to say. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, and for, for there to be a, a very high projection for a rookie, I understand why you won't buy into it. I typically fly by the seat of my pants and I'm willing to sit on the throne. And if it burns, it burns. But I think Kyle Pitts is a 1,000 yard receiver next year. All the power to you, my friend. All the power to you. So that's all I have on uh, Kyle Pitts, the superstar himself. The, the unicorn, as Kyle would call him. Right. Uh, I, I don't you know. Unicorn typically doesn't project well as a nickname. You know, guys like Andrea Bargnani and uh, Porzingis and a lot of these professional athletes that get called unicorns typically don't end up working out. But I was already branded it. This is the second episode he's he's mentioned Pitts as the unicorn, and I think he's projected it onto Twitter at this not, point. Is, Kyle, just do me a favor. Call him a unicorn, not the unicorn, and then I think we're safe on our projections. If he's the unicorn, I'm selling all my shares of Kyle Pitts. Oh, no, no, no. That's why I've always said he's he's a unicorn. That's that's 100% how I look at it. And you bring A unicorn, I'm okay with. The unicorn, I'm selling. Oh, that's totally fine. And If you, you want to... If you want to buy into rainbows and pretty flowers and, and fucking horns, you'd be my guest. Tyler. If it wins me a bet and wins me a title, I'm all for it. Money over Tyler. everything. Lamar Jackson, the year he blew up, would you have told me I was out of my mind to say he, he would do what he did that year? Probably not. We, you don't think – you don't we, think saw, he, we saw glimpses of it. He had a whole year. Well, what about McCaffrey the year he broke the record or Michael Thomas when he broke the record? These things can happen. Think, things that haven't happened before can happen. Well, anything can happen, but yeah. the odds are, are on your are in the on your favor of it. Yeah, I mean, if Russell Gage can get eight hundred yards with one hundred and nine targets, I think Kyle Pitts can get a thousand. I guess we'll find out, my friend. Let the games get here already. Yeah, let's let's get some football in. How many more weeks? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not counting that. I'll start pulling my hair out. Too many. Right. That's the perfect answer. Too many. Yeah, we can leave it at that. Yeah, that's all I got. Hey, guys, have anything else? That's all for me, folks. I'm good. This has been fun. All right. Sorry again for the technical difficulties. Uh, we'll have another one out for you next week uh, sometime. We haven't discussed it yet, but we will. Um, so tune in next week and draft Kyle Pitts. You got it. All right, boys. Later. Peace. Later.